0: I would say that B two B is very exciting because there's a lot going on. There is a uh, digitization of invoices uh, in uh, in some camp- European countries, like in Europe, and this is like a, a trend. And as we digitalize B2B processes it makes sense also from an SME and corporate perspective to digitalize payments and basically bring a greater efficiency uh, and also a benefit from uh, better reconciliation, financial rebates or so all those, so there's a lot going on and definitely yeah. an area where we're very keen to, uh, to work on and, and discuss with the industry.
1: You're listening to Leaders in Payments and Fintech, a podcast brought to you by Edgar Dunn & Company, the global payments and fintech consulting firm. Coming to you from the City of London, I'm your host Martin Kodrish, and in this series I'm meeting with leaders and practitioners across the industry to find out what it takes to bridge the gap between strategy and execution. My central question is, how can we commercialise and bring the benefits of ever deeper new technology to market? in what continues to be a highly regulated industry. If you enjoy these interviews, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. So enough of the intro, let's get straight into today's episode. So this week, we're speaking to another EDC colleague, Gregoire Toussaint, who is a director in our Paris office and leads our B2B payments practice. In our conversation, we talk about insights from recent research carried out by EDC into B2B payments, including trends, regional differences, key pain points, and emerging best practices. So I do hope you enjoy this conversation with Greg. So, Greg, thank you very much for joining our podcast today. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. What about you? How are you doing, Martin? I'm I'm great. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah. So let's talk um, about B2B payments today, I believe. That's right. But before we dive into that topic, perhaps we can just talk a bit about yourself and your background and just a kind of introduction to you and your your area of responsibility at Hidab. Sounds uh, good, Martin. So my name is Greg
0: Toussaint. I'm a director at Edgerton & Company. I've been for, at Edgerton for 17 years, which is a bit scary, but uh, reassuring at the same time, or at least so, so I hope. I uh, have been working uh, for three years in our, in our London office and after I traded the uh, English rain and clouds for sunny Australia, I was based for three years in Sydney, which was a good uh, opening to the world of payments and innovation in Australia, New Zealand, and uh, Southeast Asia. I'm based in Paris since 2010 and working primarily on, uh, on three key areas. The first one is B2B payments, and we'll talk about it in a, in a, in a few minutes. also work a lot in the, in the travel industry, uh, airlines, hotels, payment provider, and as, as well a lot with, uh, with retailers and, uh, and payment providers uh,
1: targeting retailers. Okay, perfect. Um... Great. So let's dive into B two B payments, um, and I think it, be, it might be useful to start off with a definition. Yeah. Um. How do you see the? How do you define B two B payments in your world? Yeah, that, that, that's that's
0: a good question because it's a it, it's a vague uh, or broad topic. Um, but from our perspective at at Gaden, how we define B two B payments is all the exchanges of funds, uh, data, and documents such as invoices between. Uh, two business entities, typically a buyer and suppliers. This includes different uh, use cases. Uh, it can be like uh, supply chain payments, uh, purchase of goods and services, but also go beyond, uh, especially in terms of B2B e-commerce, B2B marketplaces, uh, B2B cross-border. Um, and then uh, the world of B2B uh, is very uh, wide and and it makes sense to... Uh, understand the key trends but also dive deeper into some specific use cases
1: and just for the benefit of the audience you know from a consulting perspective i mean what type of company or client are you actually helping or supporting um in in your practice area
0: yeah the the good thing is what what we do at company we have a 360 degree perspectives on on payments uh we can work with uh regulators central banks with a Uh, payment schemes, the likes of Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or or Discover related to B2B payments to better understand the needs of the customers being issuers or the end users, corporates and and, and SMEs. We have worked also uh, time and time again with uh, issuers uh, that want to better uh, understand what are the opportunities to have the correct uh, product set in terms of uh, commercial cards, but also in terms of ACH or other related commercial products, and uh, also with corporates, because uh, increasingly so, they understand that payment is key uh, to have a better cash flow to manage their working capital, uh, but also in some cases uh, to um, optimize
1: their, their rebates and uh, generate greater internal efficiency. Any projects that spring to mind or also examples of the type of work you're doing? I mean, you already mentioned quite a few... There, um, but uh, De- just... definitely. So it, it, it can be from like,
0: uh, especially if we're talking about like schemes, issues, to play platform, the whole like B two B payment strategy, mm. understanding there's the priority and making sure that there is a, a, the strategic pro- priorities, the product set, but also the go to market in terms of the value, pro- mm. the value proposi- proposition, the correct partners, and and, and who to, to target, mm. uh, up to something a more, bit more specific. Uh, by understanding the customer needs, refining like a, a value proposition and also ensuring so, the a profitability and, and pricing analysis. And this is what we are also very good at. at
1: Pricing. Absolutely. That's a fundamental topic. I agree. So, right. So I know you have recently conducted some research in this space we wanted to kind of deep dive into that, um, and explore the findings from that research. Um, Tell me about the research. Well, what did you, what did you actually do before we talk about the findings? Yeah. So th- th- that's a good question.
0: Basically, we started, uh, if we take a step back at the gallon we've been like involved in B2B payments and commercial cards in particular for a long time. And more recently, we- we've seen that uh, it's not about uh, cards and payments, but it's about B2B processes and payments. And uh, with the uh, COVID-19 and its impact, we have seen an increasing digitalization of uh, B2B payments. And after taking part in conferences, having quite a few discussions, we thought, well, let's capture the key trends or changes that are happening, happening actually at the moment in the industry to describe and capture the increasing de- digitalization of uh, b b payments with a view to understand major pain points, best practices. Uh, to do that, we leverage our experience, uh, our expertise at Edgadon. We, we also uh, did a, a compelling research study uh, based on 150 plus interview with the whole value chain. We had more than 100 interviews with uh, corporates, uh, main, predominantly in North America, in, in Europe. And but also with the whole uh, payment industry, payment networks, tier one issuers, acquirers, procure to pay platform. The objective was to gain a better understanding of uh, the industry as a whole what are the perspectives, the opportunities, Uh, and based on that, in terms of the the outcome of the studies, we did also some uh, detailed market sizing, assessing the trends. Uh, But two key things that came out. Uh, loud and clear, and actually a, a of interest for the whole industry, is basically understanding what are the, the key pain points that SMEs and corporate uh, face when it comes to b 2 payments, but also uh, after analyzing those, uh, those pain points, what are the best practices that uh, payment providers can, can leverage.
1: So it's like qualitative research, right, rather than anything yeah. quantitative, but often we yeah. find You get deeper insights through those interviews. Those peer-to-peer interviews are very useful, I find. um, Exactly,
0: precisely. So those were like face-to-face interviews or phone or like video with conference facilities uh, with objectives not to get like only some quantitative part, but to understand the background. What Mm -hmm. was the current situation of this corporate? Uh, What was the status or in the journey in terms of being digitalization? Uh, in terms of digitization of B2B processes uh, and payments, understand what were the pain points, what were like, the issues, and, uh, and also what were the objective and the
1: roadmap of all. So, to kind of talk through the, the findings, maybe I don't know, maybe I can ask you what, what, what has been the effect of COVID? COVID has been very
0: significant. Mm. We can maybe use like a metaphor saying that COVID has been a catalyst. Uh, there's been like a really like a lever to, to further accelerate the digitalization of B2B processes and B2B payments. Uh, a lot of companies, especially in, in North America, we're still using like manual processes, manual payments, uh, writing checks or, or, or receiving checks manually, or doing some uh, ACH or bank transfer manually. What COVID-19 has um, changed is basically the mindset. A lot of SMEs and corporates, they realized that what they were doing was not optimal at all. Uh, and change in, in, in B2B payments uh, is, is quite uh, difficult sometimes. So Some people are reluctant to change. And what COVID-19 has uh, highlighted is the need to change, to digital digitalize processes and make sure that basically uh, you can have greater internal efficiency, People can spend uh, time on more added value tasks. And overall, the COVID-19 has been like a, a catalyst for this acceleration.
1: So so you mentioned that the North America, I mean, those regional differences are quite interesting, right? So uh, maybe we could double click on on those manual processes and um, the, the different habits and behavior and profile of those geographic markets. How would you characterize the difference, let's say, between North America in a bit more detail um, and the Western Europe, which, which perhaps is uh, more digitalized. I don't, I don't know what you found out. but Yeah. Uh, so
0: we, we can have some, some general, like an un- understanding and, and conclusion. That being said, uh, then after so when we go, uh, it, it, depends really on the situation of, of each company, right. uh, and how they've been set up and some of the processes or the, uh, the system either on the AP accounts payable on the AR accounts tradable, uh, right. they're using. Um, broadly speaking, in the US, there's uh, still a high check usage. Uh, some so of paper the paper checks are still yeah. Paper checks. Let's be clear uh, about what
1: we're talking about. So the you know the, the use of paper checks, which is almost non-existent in some European markets now, it's completely gone. It still exists certainly in the UK, but also in the US, uh, uh, perhaps even more so. Is that is that what we are saying? That, that's right. Yeah.
0: Uh, and and basically, when when we talk about uh, checks, uh, to give you an exa- example. Uh, uh, by in 2018, it's estimated that more than 80% of uh, uh, SMEs, small U.S. businesses were still manually uh, processing and settling invoices by check. So, which well, is huge. Uh, this is going down and COVID has accelerated uh, the uh, downward trend, uh, but it's uh, just a, a, a stat highlighting that the check is still a very widespread uh in the us with checks come also a lot of, of manual processes uh, other than that uh, we can see that uh, ach is uh, growing significantly and um, what's interesting in the us because uh the cost of payments acceptance is maybe more broadly culturally accepted versus is is europe we can see a significant trends uh with the uh, usage the adoption and usage of virtual of cards uh, to pay your suppliers or uh, to receive uh, payments for, from your client from a, from a B2B perspective. And the payment in itself uh, is relevant, but what is increasingly relevant, which is everything which is around the data you can receive, how you can process documents such as invoices to try to um, pro- streamline, digitalize, and make sure that the processes can be more efficient altogether. So you mentioned so this is virtual the, card. Yeah.
1: There. Sorry, Greg, carry on.
0: Yeah. So this is for the US. If we if we look at right. uh, uh, at Europe, uh, still some countries, uh, France and the UK, where checks are are, are being used, uh, in in particular for B two B. Other industrial countries, uh, checks are almost uh, non-existent, and and uh, and there's a bank transfer. Uh, are, are primarily used uh, for uh, B2B, we can see that virtual cards may be relevant in, in some use cases, when, especially when it comes to working capital or, or cash flow management.
1: Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, so let's just um, clarify what we mean by virtual card. Yeah, so
0: uh, a virtual card is basically um, has the same attributes as yeah. a, a plastic card, the, the card that we all have uh, we, all, we all have in our, in our wallet. Except that uh, a virtual card, it's virtual, it doesn't have like a, a, a plastic card. That being said, it still has uh, the, the PANs, all the 16 digits for like a, a Visa MasterCard card, expiry rate, uh, expiry date, and as a, a CVV. Um, but, but what allows a, a virtual card is, uh, you can, uh, is more flexibility. You can generate a virtual card for specific payments. Uh, I need to pay my, my, my supplier uh, for uh, $30,000, $30, I can uh, on the spot issue a virtual card, which will be uh, for this specific amount restricted right. to this supplier or a specific industry code uh, and basically provides increased flexibility and uh, also decrease fraud, the potential for fraud.
1: So you can lock in some controls around the, the usage of that card. Right? Precisely. So it's more uh, than just a digital card, which yeah. we might be familiar with on, a con- on the consumer side and some of our challenger bank wallets, you know, we have digital cards, but virtual card is a step further. And I think it kind of comes out of the B2B space. Is that fair to say, the, vir- the usage of virtual card is a B2B payment? It, uh, it, it, it has, uh, like, the, the, I would say the largest use
0: at, at, at the moment is in in the B2B space uh so it's really developed in the b2b travel when like some travel agencies use some virtual cards to remit funds to to hotels and, and airlines uh, and now it's getting more broader in different types of uh, of b2b especially for for supply and chain management but also for some marketplaces or or b2b e-commerce that's that, that where, uh, and there's like uh, some perspective at Gadamon, uh, significant significant growth potential there.
1: It's a kind of procurement card, is it? Is that another way of looking we, at it? We
0: can call it, we can cook. It, it, it is related to, uh, to a P card, but it really depends also on the, on the flexibility, the set of controls that you have and related to the card issuing platform uh, and how you distribute the card and how it can be accepted uh, yeah. overall. Plus the data, which is uh, uh,
1: related to the card as well. And I mean, I think another sort of benefit of virtual card is it can be automated, fully automated, and there's APIs you can, you can but, use to just automate the process. So Exactly. Yeah. Uh, because w- one thing is to
0: uh, issue the, the, your card, but then after on uh, if you want to pay your supply by card, the supplier has to process uh, the card so at some point you had some virtual card but they were sent by fax or by emails which is less than optimal to say the least uh, so n- now what you want is you send the, the card directly to the of the supplier if they accept card payments and if they don't you you can do some card to account whereby uh, the card is received uh, by uh, the founder received by a payment provider and then after they're sending the money by ACH to the supplier, together with all the relevant data invoices uh, and others to facilitate the the reconciliation and to have some automated processes.
1: So you've observed, just to go back to your initial observation that North America, virtual card is on the rise as a replacement for physical checks, right? That's right. And in in Europe, uh, the, the, it, we obviously don't have physical checks. Mainly, they already disappeared long ago. And there's a strong reliance or usage of ACH. Yeah, the uh, sure. a- a- ACH are more uh, broadly used. And, and I would say that uh,
0: virtual cards uh, can be uh, uh, interesting. It will not be replaced hundred percent of right. uh, uh, of ACH or bank transfer. That being said, in some cases, uh, virtual cards can have a uh, uh, we can be really interesting uh, for uh, both buyers and suppliers. Yeah, let, let's take an example. Say that, for instance, uh, I am a supplier and uh, I am uh, cash poor. I would like to be paid faster by uh, the buyer. So I'm going to say, hello, Mr. Buyer. Can you pay me uh, earlier? And the buyer says, well, okay, w- what do you give me in exchange? Well, I would like to have a rebate uh, or early payment discount uh, on uh, on the invoice. You agree on uh, um, basically like 1% to 3% uh, uh, typically. And then the buyer, they can pay by uh, by ACH, but then after they, they lose part of their, of their cash flow, if they pay by by, by card, then uh, it's, we have a, a, what we call the balanced value proposition, a win-win between uh, the buyer and the supplier. The supplier is paid earlier and uh, the buyer uh, receives an early uh, a rebate plus because they're paying by card. They have extended credit terms and can pay uh, the, the card balance at D plus thirty or D plus sixty, depending on the agreement with the card issuer.
1: And, and that kind of model is emerging, I think, quite strongly in some e-commerce platforms, B two B. It's actually emerging emerging in, in, yeah, in
0: in all type of uh, of use cases. So B two B travel, like when uh, agent travel agencies are paying uh, hotels, airline and travel suppliers, it can be also uh, developed for, uh, in terms of supply chain. And all, uh, as you mentioned, B2B commerce, B2B marketplaces. Well, what's uh, interesting there is basically the, 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 the cards and virtual cards allow for flexible relationship between buyer and, and suppliers. And often in the past, uh, when you were a buyer and onboarding a supplier, you would negotiate, off obviously, the, the commercials. You would select your the, the payment end. And then after, the uh, payment method was almost like an afterthought. Uh, What what we're saying here is if I I, I need uh, the the cash flow to invest or for other uh, other reasons, uh, virtual cards can be a tool to basically manage my my, my cash flow uh, almost in real time without having the need to uh, request for a short-term loan or others, which can be cumbersome and also very expensive.
1: What about um, any observations you made between uh, you, you mentioned corporates versus SMEs? Yeah. So it, 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 interesting.
0: SMEs, if we start with the SMEs, they're really looking for increasingly digital solutions. Uh, they may have some payment solution from their uh, uh, main uh, financial institutions. Sometimes those solutions can be good. Most of the time, they're not uh, because it's cumbersome. It doesn't actually meet their needs. And it, it's a bit vanilla payments without any additional value around. What SMEs are looking for is digital solutions. Uh, they, they can go online. They can select the package or the solution they offer, uh, the, that is offered. And then after, they use this solution for payment, but also for all the what, what's around, the integration with the ERPs, the accounting software. They can also have uh, some, when, if we have a look at expense management, if they have a card, they can have an expense management solution, which is uh, directly linked with their cards and great, bringing greater efficiency uh, for uh, their travelers. They don't have to spend hours doing their expense report, but this is like integrated and then after you only need to validate um, your, your expense management. So uh, overall, SMEs, I would say, are looking for digital solutions integrated with their systems so that they have the payment methods that allow them to capture they, they spend, but also uh, generate uh, greater efficiency, because as SMEs have limited number of people, what they really want to do is to, to focus on uh, their uh, core business. Mm-hmm. So this is for SMEs. For corporates, uh, the level of complexity is, uh, is far greater, because we're talking about a higher number of employees, also higher uh, turnovers. You have some system in place. Uh, either on the accounts payable when they need to pay the invoices on the accounts receivables uh, where uh, they uh, they receive their um there was invoices and basically here i would say that uh, so if we have a look and this is basically some of the pain points we we have highlighted in uh, in in the white paper we uh, we currently working on is uh, basically um, so a lot of manual processes and payments, as we have highlighted at, at the first uh, major pinpoint, we talk about checks, but also some uh, ACH payment that can be done manually, uh, as opposed to doing uh, automatically on in, in bulk all the processes uh, to, for instance, to process a check, but to uh, uh, create an invoice or process this invoice. The other the pain point that we've seen also with, with corporates is often uh, some issues in ready to cash flow management and payment delays, uh, because those can be harder to, uh, to handle when you're large uh, corporates. Uh, and so sometimes there's a lack of flexibility. Understanding the cash flow, the payment delay uh, is definitely uh, important. And it's also related to, to the third uh, pain point. This is related to uh, B2B processing and payments. We've, we've said that it's getting increasingly digitalized. And basically there is an uh, increasing level of complexity. More uh, providers are doing uh, uh, either are doing some m and activities or expanding their value proposition. And this is confusing to a certain degree for corporates because they do not understand exactly which, which player is doing what and how they can as a corporate benefit uh, from uh, the solutions that are offered to them. Uh, the, the fourth uh, pain point that we've seen that corporates are facing is uh, basically the lack of integration with the existing system. They have some system either on the AP or the AR side, and if they're looking for uh, additional uh, software solutions that can facilitate, uh, they don't want to have like a a uh, hundred mandates integration uh, or because a uh, it will take some time to uh, convince internally, but then after to put to put it on the roadmap and at, and then after actually doing the implementation so I think uh, a micro integration, which is uh, easier uh, is definitely a plus for uh, when it comes to uh, to b to b payment the other pain point that corporates face is they do not necessarily have a clear understanding on their cost. Uh, and here by cost, we split in two parts. The first part is a direct cost. So everything that is at the bottom of an invoice from like a B2B process or B2B payment perspective, uh, this is uh, relatively easy to do. You take, for instance, your payment providers, you have a look at how much you pay, and you have an understanding of your direct cost. What is harder to get is what we call the indirect cost. All the costs that are related to uh, manual processes. Uh, I'm taking, like for instance, like uh, several thousands of uh, invoices uh, per month. What is the work- workload related to uh, to to process or invo- invoices, and basically what is the cost associated to those? And the lack of clear visibility on uh, on cost is a drawback because they do not understand uh, how they can benefit and what is the uh, return investment that they could have. The last part, and we, we, we mentioned it before, is the dif- difficulty to change uh, internally. They have some systems, they have some people that are used to uh, conduct some specific processes and uh, to change these uh, internally to convince uh, uh, the uh, senior management team as well as other t- uh, team members and departments to uh, take some time and effort to uh, to get there.
1: Perfect. Right. Right. Um... Greg, let's go through your, the final topic. I think some best practices that you've, yeah. um, that you've identified. That's you right. take
0: us through those? Yeah. And, uh, because we identified pain points and as consultants, we also try to find some solutions, uh, based on the 150 plus, uh, interviews that we have uh, conducted, we basically were able to uh, pinpoint and identify, um, the seven best practices. And here, then, practices more from a, 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 the perspective of payment providers and how they, they could leverage some specific aspects to create a strong value proposition and be more relevant uh, for uh, the needs of both uh, SMEs and, and corporates. Uh, and because we, we concrete create an actionable together, we also identify some specific uh, examples that are live in, in the industry. The first best practice is ready to, the, the, to address pain points through the smart use of technology. We've seen that we have uh, highlighted six pain points. The smart use of, of technology to automate some processes or others is definitely relevant. Here we have the example of, uh, of US banks that basically is integrated with, with a, a bank and payment solution, uh, so, uh, AP optimizer, which helps to optimize the process and payments and therefore, addressing the pain points that uh, SMEs and corporates face. Um, the second part, in terms of uh, best practice, is to develop a, a, a balanced value propositions for buyers and sellers. Often, when we have discussed with some corporates if they don't want to accept cards or the payments, is because they don't see the, the value proposition, especially on the on the on the on the seller's part. Why should I accept this payment method? When uh, uh, everything is more biased on, on the buyer side, develop a balanced value proposition taking into account the buyer and the seller situation is definitely relevant. The example here is C2FO, which provides benefits to both buyer and seller by. Uh, uh, putting in contact buyers and sellers to improve their, their working capital. And this is exactly the example that we gave earlier with a early payment uh, discount So the sellers can be paid earlier, have better cash flow management, and the buyer receive a, a, a discount on the invoice value. Uh, and this basically, uh, um, when you talk about the size of the pie, a C2FO uh, stated that it could be up to uh, $40 trillion uh, worldwide uh, in terms of accounts receivable. So a sizable uh, a pie. And the key thing is to take into account the perspective of both buyers and sellers to have a balanced value proposition. The third practice that we'd highlight is uh, basically the need to, to develop partnerships for stronger value proposition. Back in the in in the in the days, in the past, some uh, providers would say, okay, look, we'll try to, to do everything in-house. Now, uh, it, it's not relevant because of time-to-market complexity uh, and a lack of resources. So taking into account as a provider to do, well, this is my core business, this is what I do best. But to answer the needs of SMEs and corporates, I'll maybe take the uh, best of uh, breed in some specific areas. The example is, is Coupé, which is like a, a, a very interesting players when it comes to B, B2B processes on the AP and the uh, AR side. Uh, when it comes to payment, they decided to uh, leverage some of the uh, existing solutions. So they have partnership uh, with uh, Amex, Barclaycard, BNP, uh, I think around 10 or 15 uh, issuers across uh, across the globe, including, I think, Citi and HSBC. And basically, they're, they're telling, like, my client, SME or, or corporate, uh, w- we help you optimize and automate your processes. When it comes to payment, we have some uh, partnership with some issues that you can leverage. You don't need to do uh, additional uh, contracting because th- so if you already use like a, say a BNP Paribas, well, th- we integrated and, and, and this is uh, working uh, nicely together with uh, our, our own system, which is definitely uh, a significant uh, benefit for, for corporates. This is related to the uh, fourth uh, best practice. Partnerships are good and we can see when it comes to, to corporates is often um, they want to have like a, a value p- uh, providers that can understand them and potentially cover all their needs. That's why we we, we think that having a modular, uh, modular all-in-one, end-to-end uh, and flexible value proposition is key. Not doing everything in-house, but say, look, uh, your needs on the AP side are those and we can cover this and this ourselves and the others uh, with a partner. And by the way, uh, you don't have to take everything, but you can take some specific modules that will fit your, your, your particular needs. Um, we find, for instance, that Mastercard Track PPS is a good example of uh, understanding the needs of uh, corporates and actors in um, the B-payment value chain to basically offer this, uh, this modular value proposition. The fifth uh, best practice um, is still related to partnership, uh, but not from a technical perspective. We believe that uh, payment providers can leverage indirect sales channels to increase reach and, and exposure. Uh, what is relevant is sometimes a partnership is uh, from a technical perspective, but when you develop it to the next stage and say, look, this becomes a sales channel for us, you can really uh, buy um, add some value to your customers and also uh, generate much more reach and exposure. The example that we put here is Shopify and and, and Stripe. So Shopify has like a a multi-channel commerce platform and Stripe is natively integrated in Shopify, meaning that Shopify's clients can use Stripe on Shopify's uh, platform. And from a Stripe perspective, there's a technical integration, but Shopify becomes... And indirect sales channels and a way to generate, uh, to capture more, uh, more volume and generate revenues. The sixth one uh, and the sixth best practice is related to integration. We mentioned in one of the pain points was the difficulty of integration and one of the best practices is basically to facilitate this integration of, of, of payment solutions with the existing platforms. Um, it's really important when corporates Uh, need to uh, prioritize uh, who they may work with. And even on the roadmap, if it is a a five-man-day effort versus a 500-man-day effort, it will be much easier to put it on on the roadmap. Here, uh, as an example, we put uh, this Visa B2B Connect platform, uh, which is a a very interesting platform to facilitate cross-border business-to-business uh, business payments uh, uh, around the globe because it, can, it is predictable, secure, flexible, scalable. And this is overall this facility uh, of integration uh, which is required by SMEs and, and corporate. The last best practice that I would highlight, uh, this is in relation to uh, the lack of ROI we mentioned before. If payment providers are able to quantify the benefits of the solutions, why corporates or SMEs should invest in B2B payments because they have a return on investment, it can bring reassurance uh, to that uh, their solution is irrelevant. The example that we have here is a trade shift, who has an ROI calculator uh, on, their, uh, uh, on, on their website. Uh, their value assessment calculator basically required specific input or parameters as uh, an input to calculate the ROI, and then after uh, can uh, provide some estimates when it comes to uh, the uh, benefits that SMEs and corporates can uh, can receive. So it's it's an estimate and it provides uh, like uh, an initial ROI, but from a corporate and SMEs perspective, it shows different things. First, this is uh, a provider that understands us because They've thought about how much our solutions can uh, benefit us. Second, they have experience because they come up with some estimates. And uh, basically, we understand with a a first uh, draft uh, ROI. And the last one is, uh, it's maybe a way also to work together with the corporates and basically initiate a discussion in terms of, we've come up with some estimates based on our experience. Maybe let's go dig, dig a bit further to see if this applies to you. And then after to try, basically could quantify the benefits. And it's a, a good tool to, to facilitate the sales process from a, a payment provider perspective. So, those are those uh, seven best practices that we have identified. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you combine them all together, uh, it, it's definitely address uh, some of the pain points uh, corporates and SMEs uh, are facing and, and can deliver significant value of all.
1: Great. Right. let's um start wrapping it up there I, I think um been really really interesting speaking to you today um uh looking forward to the next session to be honest on on your retailer activities and on the travel side uh, um definitely have another one of those uh episodes coming up but before we go perhaps you can tell the audience how, how best to contact you what's the best way of reaching out to you yeah well we are we
0: flexible can be social networks uh, emails or yeah. we often take, take part also at uh uh, B2B-rated events, uh, Commercial payment International, CPI is one of the conferences we uh, attend and speak at uh, at a regular basis. And and wrapping up, I would say that B2B is very exciting because there's a lot going on. There is a uh, digitalization of invoices uh, in uh, in some European countries like in Europe, and this is like a a trend. And as we digitalize B2B processes, it makes sense also from an SME and corporate perspective to digitalize payments and basically bring a greater efficiency uh, and also a benefit from uh, better reconciliation, financial rebates or so other. So there's a lot going on and definitely yep. a, an area we are, we're very keen to uh, to work on and, and, and discuss with the industry.
1: Okay, perfect. Well, um, Greg, so you're on LinkedIn, no doubt. You can be reached by email. We'll put all yes. these details in the show notes. So, uh, the audience can reach out to you um thank you again okay. today um for your time greg and um see you next time yeah thanks you martin and have All a good right. day everyone thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed today's episode to hear more interviews please do subscribe on apple spotify or your podcast platform of choice it helps and means a lot also i welcome any questions ideas or suggestions so feel free to make contact and say hello reach out to me on LinkedIn or edgardunn.com. You can send me a message there or you can email me on martin.coderush at edgardunn.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I will see you next time.